The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. The following program contains opinions expressed by The Dead Zone. If you find this broadcast offensive, lighten up, candy ass. What? Oh my gosh. It's a radio show. Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Initialize sequence now. We're now in the approach phase. Everything looking good. Audio outward. Man, audio control is good. WDZRDB Worldwide Welcome to the Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show Halloween Show, because the next time we air, it'll be November 1st. Anyway, awesome show tonight. We've got the original Halloween's Judith Myers, uh, Sandy Johnson. Plus, she's done some other things. Too. This is going to be a really cool show. I'm going to have a great time because I love that movie. That is mine and a lot of other people's favorite movies. I mean, I want to hear all about it, and that's what we're going to do. You know, I'm just so stoked about this uh, interview with her. Um, I'm looking forward to it so much. Let's not forget, she also has hot gas pump girls. Jokes my folks never told me. And, of course, Playmate of June 1974. (laughs) Oh, man, how cool is that? One more thing I want to keep in your mind. Our buddy from the band I Have Malice, Brandon Shattuck, will be with Dave Elferson on tour. I know for sure it's going to be an indie. I'm not sure about uh, the rest of the tour, but check that out. We have a ad on the Facebook page, so get your tickets, man. It's going to be cool. This is our 2020 Halloween show, so let's do one, one of my favorites, by Riggs. You know what? Let's make that two. Welcome to Planet Halloween. 
pits and four long blue arms. The Loch Ness Monster. From outer space. Teddy just wants to massacre him. Go on out there and kill him. Wipe him out. All of them. To the very last man. Good evening. I am Sanitary, and you're listening to the Dead
Paranormal News. Hey guys, it's Michelle with Paranormal News and Events. I was checking out phantomsandmonsters.com and found this story here. Can a rake humanoid attach its energy to someone? A Canadian woman only witnessed a pale humanoid when in the presence of her Swedish ex-boyfriend. Since then, the same entity has again manifested around the ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. I recently came across the following account. In 2012, my then-boyfriend lived in Sweden. I lived in Canada. He came to visit me, and during one of the evenings, I woke up to something strange perched at the foot of the bed. It was a pale, thin, humanoid figure. It was completely hairless, and the legs seemed to be bowed in some way. It seemed to walk on all fours despite looking human. I couldn't see much of its face since it was looking away from me. It looked a lot like the creature from the fictional story, The Rake. When I gasped, it hopped off the bed and into the darkness. My partner heard me and woke to ask me what was wrong. I didn't tell him as to not alarm him while trying to rest. In 2014, he was visiting me once more, and we were once again in bed sleeping. I woke up to hear my boyfriend screaming like I've never heard before. I immediately turned on the light and shook him to try to snap him out of it, but he just screamed, and then he cried. About 30 or so minutes, he finally was calm enough to explain what had happened. Apparently, he woke up to a pale humanoid figure with a gaping mouth and black sunken eyes basically on top of him. As he screamed, the figure slowly backed itself into the closet hole staring at him, crawling on all fours. I felt sick. I had never told him about what I saw a few years prior. There's no way he could have known and described what I saw perfectly like that. Now it's shown up again. My ex messaged me today, we're still friends, and he told me his now girlfriend has seen the pale man. They were asleep, and apparently she woke up to see this thing stalking around the room, and it noticed her frozen in fear, so it crawled up next to her. My ex woke up and tried to console her. She described what she saw. It apparently was a perfect, exact match to the thing we both saw. I only ever told him what I saw after his experience, and she has never heard of either of our experiences. Is this just a mass coincidence of hallucinating while waking up? Is it a demon or some sort of haunting? I'm really freaked out. Signed, S.H. So anybody out there ever had any experiences with a creature like this, what they call the rake? Um, my son and a friend of his thought that they saw it uh, out in the woods where we live one day a few years back. And uh, it, it freaked them both out for quite a while. It's still something that he talks about. Um, I've never personally experienced anything like that. But if you have, send me your story at michelle.deadzone. Sorry, michelle.deadzone at gmail.com. And doing-
statements that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Your source for everything paranormal, Para-X. Now, the next story that I found was on Coast to Coast AM. Thai paranormal show canceled following controversial ghost hunt. And again, I'm going to say this, I say this all the time. There are uh, words, cities, names in a lot of these stories that I just cannot pronounce very well. So I apologize in advance for any mis pronunciations. A popular paranormal television program in Thailand has been canceled following a controversial ghost hunt in which one of the investigators dishonored a national heroine. The strange incident reportedly occurred when the team from Chong Song Fi, which translates to the real ghosts, were visiting a temple that serves as a shrine and final resting place for Lady Mo. A weird figure who legend has it saved the city's residents from a forced evacuation by invading forces in the 19th century. During the televised hunt, a purported psychic medium claimed to be in communication with Lady Mo's husband and asserted that the spirit told her that his adopted daughter named Boon Lua had actually been his mistress. Oddly enough, the episode originally aired back in February and the alleged revelation from the other side apparently did not cause much of a stir. However, for reasons unexplained, word of the ghost hunt began spreading on social media in Thailand over the last few weeks. The simmering discontent over the episode reaching a full boil this week when several officials in Thailand decried the actions of Chong Song Fee's ghost hunters. The show is disrespecting Lady Mo and destroying her and Lady Boon La. Bunlua's virtue, declared the head of a group dedicated to preserving the heroine's memory. Meanwhile, the individual who oversees the temple dedicated to the heroine demanded that the ghost hunters apologize for their actions. The outrage was also echoed by a local government official who also lambasted the program. They should research the historical facts before going on air like this. Wichian Shantaran Tai said they cannot claim something by contacting ghosts. It's not science. He went on to suggest that the city in which the temple is located may even pursue some kind of legal action against the ghost hunters as well as the television network behind Chong Song Fi. It would seem that the strong messages of condemnation were received loud and clear as the broadcaster promptly announced that they have decided to cancel the program. So hear that, ghost hunters? Be careful who is actually coming through and giving you messages, and be careful who you tell those messages to. I guess that's what I'm getting out of this. We can't speak our mind at all. Anyway, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, and keeping their head up through everything. The worms crawling, the worms crawl out. They crawl all over your dirty snout, your chest. My name is David Walton. I am a vocal performer for What Are You Afraid Of? Horror and Paranormal Show. And I have carried the burden of a terrible secret. 
I am actually what is offensively called a ghost. For years now, I have concealed my ectoplasmic existence from my friends and family, in fear of a common prejudice against ghosts, or what we like to call the disembodied. I have existed frightened of being discovered, unable to do physical acts that the embodied take for granted, such as walking a squirrel, or drinking a glass of vitamin E milk fresh squeezed from a whale. I grew depressed and even considered acts of self-harm or reincarnation, which is suicide for the disembodied. Such movies as Ghostbusters and its sequels drove my feelings of disenfranchisement and I began looking for help, only to encounter painful exorcisms in the houses I haunted. Then, I met two good people, it says here, Fox and Phil, at What Are You Afraid Of? Horror and Paranormal. And they helped me take control of my unlife. Now, it is my choice whether I wish to make phantom bangs in the night, appear at the foot of your bed in darkness, or make your walls bleed. If you are a disembodied person like I am, and you're living a lie, what are you afraid of can help you too. They are on at 9pm on Friday nights at Para-X Radio, leaving plenty of time for midnight haunting activities, and can be found on all major podcast services. Listen to their paranormal stories, interviews, humorous sketches and horror fiction, to know that you are not alone. And if you are a member of the Embodied, don't forget, you are only a single heart attack or tumour away from becoming one of us. This is David Walton. See you on the other side. Or as I call it, this side. And that is the end of a perfect day. Your source for everything paranormal. Para S. If all radio stations in town were palm trees, we'd be the one with the biggest coconuts. Now, here are the one, the only Dead Zone. All right, thanks for sticking around. Let's get right to it. I'm so stoked. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Here we go. There it is. I can barely hear you. And we just did a sound check. Okay. Okay, how about now? Oh, yeah. That's a lot better. That's much better. That's much better. Sandy Johnson. Man, you have no idea. Thank yeah. you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank what, you. My, man, one of my favorite movies, my very favorite movie is, guess what? Halloween. <laughs> awesome. And it's so awesome to have you on. <laughs> but you hear that all the time now, I'm sure. Now, not only did you do that Halloween. It's nice to be I'm sorry? Go ahead. Say it again. It's nice to be wanted. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you definitely are. It's yeah. nice to be wanted. 
Yeah. Uh, not only did you do Halloween, but I mean, Hots, Gas Pump Girls, jokes my folks never told me, and you, and you were a playmate of June '74, right? Wow. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's been a busy. Long- You've had a great career, man. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's not over. It's not over. Absolutely. Well, with this pandemic going on, who knows what's going on, but I'm sure, you know, it's got to get better. I mean, it can't get any worse, really. Can it? I don't know. Maybe it can. Maybe it can. No, no, no. Don't let it work. Okay, let me ask you one thing. Was that your first um, role in a movie? Um, my first role was Jokes My Folks Never Told Me. That was your first role, okay. And Halloween was my second. Halloween was your second, okay. Okay, see, I didn't know that. I was, I was trying to think of something that no one's ever asked you before. And I know that's going to be hard to do, but I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot right now. How many takes <laughs> did you guys have to do for Halloween to get that murder scene? Well, we did many practices, but we only had to do two takes. Okay, how'd that go? Um, it went well. I mean, it was a very complicated scene. Right. So it's, I guess it's kind of amazing that we did it in only two takes. Only two takes. There, there was a lot going on. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we managed to get it out in two. In two. Now, how was, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, how was, how did John Carpenter treat you guys and the crew? Was he a nice guy? Was it, you know, or was he kind of um, demanding? He nice he was um very focused and businesslike mm-hmm. but he did take the time him and um deborah both took the time to right. really explain what they wanted and what kind of feel they wanted from each scene and to kind of demonstrate the you know how they want us to where they wanted us to be and the movement and all that so uh-huh. yeah it was fine right no stress no stress <laughs> well that's good um, what was the average day? I mean, how, what was the average day, time-wise, on set for you? The average day? Mm-hmm. You mean like what? What did we do? Uh, no. What? How long would that day be for you guys? So you're doing you're doing the uh, oh, you're doing your uh, scene. It would take you the entire day to get it right, or you're just moving right on. Click, click, um, click, click. No, we um we got there in the morning, and they were still you know, fixing the house up mm-hmm. to make it look lived in because the earlier shots, of course, it was all dilapidated and, right. and not looking so good. Right. So we were still fixing the house up. And so while they were doing that, we were just kind of discussing the scene and running through different ways that the camera was going to have to move and where the people were going to move so they didn't get caught by the camera because the rooms you know it was an old house it was built in like the 1800s yeah so the rooms were small there wasn't a lot of room for everybody that needed to be in there right so once we actually got into shooting i don't think it took all that long maybe a couple hours right really so it really was kind of a off-the-cuff project that went really well then right I don't necessarily, yeah. I don't mean we off the cuff, we but. We practiced it many times without actually, you know, running the cameras. Right. But, um, so, uh, I mean, but the actual takes when everything was being recorded was, was two. Right. Now you mentioned the house was really old and that was in California. And, uh, 
it was just a vacant house that you guys rented for the for the or for the uh, duration of the shoot or, or what yeah it was just an old dilapidated house and certainly had a scary look to it right so they rented it and the scenes which are in the future with Michael and stuff when it's all run down and all the other stuff that's going on. That was all shot first. That was scary. And then when they were done with being like a haunted house, they came in and and did just the rooms that they were gonna going to um, film in. So the right. the kitchen and, and the house didn't even actually have a kitchen, I don't think they okay. had that. Okay. But so they just kind of fixed it up. They put in like the dining table and I think they might have done some painting, maybe some wallpapering and just stuff to make it look like a family lived there. All right. Like with a scene with uh, you and your boyfriend on the couch, right? Yeah. Right. You're right. Huh. Here's, here's another question. You said they, they fixed the house up. I remember um, Michael, when he's, when he's being shot at the end of the movie there, right? He backs up out of the, out of the uh, bedroom, correct? And when he does, is it just me, or does it look like he's on a ramp or something, rather than falling over the uh, banister there? It's like he's on top of it, and he falls over. Um, no, I think he actually um, goes over. Um, of course, he didn't fall yeah. far, <laughs> yeah. but I think I'm pretty sure he actually did go off. I mean, it was a stunt person. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't Michael. It was a stunt person yeah. with the mask on. Right, yeah, yeah. it wasn't uh, um, <clears throat> Nick, yeah. <laughs> Nick, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another thing, too, I noticed that, uh, you know, I've, heard, I've watched a lot of the documentaries, and they said... Uh, you guys had to like bring in leaves, bags of leaves, and put those out for the for the particular scenes and bag them back up for the next. Did you were you part of that at all? Yeah, um, I was not part of that, but this but the, some of the crew was out there scattering the leaves stuff because they were moving them from house from to house. House to house, yeah. <laughs> They weren't real leaves. They were. Oh, they weren't. I thought they were real. Or something. There were no leaves. I mean, it was. It wasn't uh, shot in the fall. Yeah, it was in California and the, and the summer. Were not, uh, I mean, that was Southern California, so. Yeah. You're not going to get those oranges and stuff. So. Yeah. Those, those were all just uh, leaves from a craft store. Really, that's a lot of leaves, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they were. Um, taking care to move them and gather them all up because I'm sure they weren't inexpensive for that many leaves. Right, I mean, that's quite a bit, yeah. Huh. Hmm. So he was an easy guy to work with. You got along with John very well, and he was very helpful. What about the other guys? Did mm -hmm. you did you get to uh, befriend or, or hang out at all with uh, Jamie Lee or Donald or, or Nick? Um... The only, I remember Jamie was there and she actually helped me uh, in between the two takes to get the blood and stuff off. So she was helpful and Very nice cool. and it was her first movie. So yeah. um, she was just, yeah, she was very sweet. Um, so I you, didn't you had one up see on the her. movie. 
I mean, I didn't see the movie or even know the whole script until after we until we went to see it together as a group, like right. sort of like a premiere. Right. And so I didn't know about the adult Michael or or the who all was in it. Okay. So even if those people were there, I wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> wow, amazing. Mm -hmm. it's I, had no, I had no reference <laughs> to it. I mean, he, uh, Nick wasn't walking around, you know, with his mask on or anything. Right. So I didn't even know what the story was going to be or who adult Michael would look like or any of that until right. I actually saw the movie. Um, Isn't that weird? So that, yeah, yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, I think, so, I guess. The movie scared the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I love it, man. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I'd never seen the whole script or anything. Right. You know, I guess that's the way it is, right? I mean, you go in, you do your job, you do your, do your part, and, you know, up next. Who's who's next? You know, they, they yep. film that part. And it's amazing how you have no idea what's going to go on until you actually see it. Yeah. So I have no idea who else was there. I don't, I, I know Jamie Lee was there, but it's, and, and, and of course, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, but... Who else was there? I have no idea <laughs> if there was anybody. My husband were glad for a day off. Okay. Because yeah. their was so intensive that they were probably happy not to have to be there. Oh, right. And I guess Donald, I guess he came in uh, close to the end, right? He, he was kind of a big shot back then already, right? Right. Donald Pleasant, so yeah. He, very cool. Well, what, what do you got going on? I mean, we got to keep it going, right? Keep the Halloween spirit alive i know i know i know i know that uh you you are actively doing a few meet and greets right i am i'm doing i'm doing a meet and greet this saturday in houston there you go so i'll be there um all day in the middle of that i'm doing a zoom with um a group in the uk okay. i'm a judge for a, a misty moon uh, international horror film competition. So All right. I'm going to be time in the morning, zooming, judging, middle of the day, then back out dressed as Judith for more pictures and signing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, and then fly home. And then the very next weekend, I'm going to be in Pennsylvania uh, at a drive-in for the showing of Halloween, and I'll be there two days awesome. watching what? Halloween and some other stuff at night and signing all day so right. it's, it's gonna be fun so you're busy you're not slowing down at all then no I'm, I'm excited to have work and to be able to see the fans i really hated this year because i was going to have seven cons yeah and uk and just see fans and have a great time and i ended up not getting to see anybody it was terrible. i know i hate it i, I really hate it I'm surprised we haven't seen you before. I mean, we go uh, as a dead zone. We go to e either dead zone or rip or our uh, investigative team uh, to horror, horror hound, scare fest, all that kind of thing. I can't believe we haven't met you yet. Amazing. No, well, this year I was going to be at a bunch of them. So hopefully, so, some of them have already rebooked me for next year. So hopefully, the rest of them will too when they right. come up with their dates or whatever. Um, okay. But, uh, I know we're going to be. Uh, in October of next year, uh, 21, at, uh, if I hadn't I tried to tell you about it, I it was right here. Now it's gone. It was, um, Fort Wayne, the uh, Fright Fest. We're going to be up there. We're gonna be, Kane, Kane Hunter's going to be there. A lot, lots of guys, all our buddies from uh, uh, Hollywood Ghost Hunters. Maybe, nice. maybe you could get there. It'd be cool. <laughs> so, so far, the only one that I've been booked for in California 
recently was Monster Palooza. Okay. And so I'm hoping that they're going to book me again right. for next year. They haven't announced yet right. what they're doing. So right. hopefully, I'm hoping all of these cons will just keep the same guests. Right. You know, for this next year. Right. But um, seems to me like California, so California's having a hard time doing a lot of things right now. I mean, it's just one oh, yeah, one one thing after another. Down. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm sorry, please. Yeah, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, I've started up acting lessons again. So I'm taking uh, acting lessons every week, private classes. Cool. And then um, and then I have, I'm doing a, 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 a Zoom part actually for a Hungarian film next month. Nice. Where, yeah, I'm going to be, it's going to be like I'm talking to my son as if it's just a, you know, basically a social media chat. Right. Um, but it's going to be filmed uh, for it to actually be inserted into a horror movie. That's the first one they did. Um, I can't pronounce it because it's Hungarian. <laughs> okay. It's I'm sorry. Say it again. What, what was it? It's like Volpe's or something. I need to learn how to pronounce it, but it's Hungarian. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> When you, I watched it and it was when, awesome. When you tried to, to pronounce that, your audio, uh, someone's evidently calling you a few times now and it's, it's kind of interrupting what you're saying. But when you went to, oh, to say that name or whatever it was, it went crazy. Well, it's, v, it's V as in victory, U-L-P-E-S. Okay. Like Vulpes. Vulpes. Okay. And then it's um, Lust for Revenge okay. is the rest of it. All right. And... Um, the original I watched, it was a short, and it was very good, very well done. Yeah. So when he contacted me to see if I'd be interested in doing the sequel, I said, yes, it's really good. Absolutely. Yeah. So teeth in Hungary, that's a little far for me. So yeah. he said, the part I want you for is no problem because we can do it virtually. So I'll hmm. be shooting that uh, next month, I think. Well, awesome. And then next year, whenever they have... For the love of horror, again in UA in UK, I'm going to be shooting another film with a longer part, also a horror movie, um, over there. So, pretty cool. Yes, it's pretty cool. Man, man, you're just keeping busy. It's not affecting you at all. Yeah, I love it. Oh, there, there it went again. Did you hear that? <laughs> That's something. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can see it, but I don't know how to get rid of it. All right, That's okay. That's all right. Sorry. You're you're allowed. <laughs> that's the problem is people do that to me 24 hours a day oh yeah well that's a good thing right yeah <laughs> that's a good thing okay yes. um, man you've got so much going on I'm going to throw another one at you and see what your okay. thoughts on this one is what is your opinion of Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween what did you think about it well to tell you the truth I have not seen them on purpose <laughs> because everyone tells me that that's very gory yes and I'm just not a fan of that. That's not that's not what attracts me to horror films. Right. And I really like the suspense, uh, psychological stuff. Yes, yeah. I'm much more into the psychological thrillers. Right. That scares me much more than just watching a bunch of blood and stuff squirt everywhere. Right. That, that doesn't appeal. I agree. To, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, there was very little blood in Halloween. And the original Halloween, right? Yeah, and it's terrifying. And and that uh, it's all because of the ambience of, of the movie itself. I mean, it, you know, that's why it's so great. You know what I mean? But you know, yeah, Rob, uh, I love his music. Films, not so much. I agree with you. Yeah, it's it. Um, yeah, so I haven't seen it. Anything that's really gory like that, I have. 
I have a friend that is a, a big horror person, and so she tells me which ones. Yeah, <laughs> she, <laughs> you, yeah you don't, you don't want to see that. Well, the, so the, I have a list of watch and don't watch. Right. The sad thing of it is, I mean, recently, here, just within a few years, I mean, everything's just went to gore, and, and that's really sad because there's so much that could be done that isn't. Absolutely. You know? Luckily, we have lots of them that are of the old school that we can watch over and over and over again, and we still love them. Right. Until they get a hold of them and do a remake. I mean, for instance, Halloween, another one. Here I go, drawing a blank again. Um, Evil Dead. I mean, the originals were fantastic. I loved them. Then they remade it and made it all gory. And, and, and you know, I'm just not into that. Yeah, I just... I don't know. It, it just seems to me it takes so much more talent to do the suspense and pull that off than it does the right. just gory stuff. Right. What would you say your favorite horror movie is, other than Halloween? <laughs> um, other than Halloween, um, I love Psycho. I like Scream, mm-hmm. um, The Shining. Now, there's a little gore in Scream. Yeah, but it's really not over the top. I mean, it's not just tons of it, you know, with whole yeah, constantly. bloody heads rolling all over the place and people exploding and you know, yeah, oh, that yeah. stuff. Well, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the porch scene, the back porch scene is kind of rough. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the rest of it was so good. I mean, if the movie itself is really, really good, I can close my eyes briefly. But <laughs> yeah. if the whole movie is just bad and just nothing but gore, yeah. then it's like I have better things to do with my time. Right, you don't want to watch that, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. Absolutely. Yep. Huh. All right. Well, I want to try to drag more information out of you about what you got going on, but you've, you've pretty much already told us, right? I mean, you've got everything going on, and we can go to your website, and that is, go ahead. Go ahead and let us know. Um, yeah, it's um, unicornsandyj.com. Okay. And a little bit of trivia, the unicorn comes from my agent who found me after all these years. He called me his unicorn. His unicorn, okay. I was the mystical creature that he wasn't sure he'd ever find. (laughs) And he called me a unicorn, so it just kind of stuck. So that's why I have the unicorn Sandy J. I like unicorns, but that's not why. Right. The name is there. Anyway, and I also have 20% off. On yes. everything on there this month through Halloween. Right, so you can get your autographs there. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yep. We need to and get you one. Can also see in. Yeah, we need to get one for the uh, studio walls here too. I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. We'll want to look into that. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, Sandy. So look into that. Have your agent look into that. Um, it's. Um, I think they changed the name from Fear Fest to something else, but it's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and there's a lot of big people that are going to be there, and we would love to see you there. Fear Fest, you think it's called? I think it's, it was Fright Fest, but I think he changed the name. But it's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it's going to be 2021 in October. Mm, that may be when I'm in the UK. Well, My calendar's not in, but I may be in the UK. But if I'm not, I will, um, I will ask him about it. But it seems like that's when I'm going to be over there for uh, for the love of horror and also shooting the film. Yeah, well, that's more important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. October's a busy month. Oh yeah, yeah I, I guess so. Yeah, but if you if you can make it, man, that would be so awesome. I'd love to have you come over to our booth and, and just hang out for a minute. That'd be great. Well, that'd be awesome. Well, maybe not if this next year, then maybe the year after. Maybe so. I hope so. That would be awesome. Yeah, that okay. would be awesome. Okay, one more rundown. You can go to to her website, Unicorn. 
Say again, I'm sorry. Unicorn, what is it? Uh, Unicorn Sandy, go ahead. UnicornSandyJ.com. Okay, and you can get autographs and you can send in things for an autograph. All kinds of stuff going on. Plus, you might get lucky enough and catch her at one of these events that she's going to be at since we can't do anything. (laughs) She can't, obviously, so you guys check it out. All right, thank you so much. I'll go ahead and let you go. I I, I really don't want to, but... Uh, <laughs> thank I've, you. It's been fun, and I appreciate it, and I'm sure that one of, we, one of these days we'll get to talk in person. We will. I, I certainly hope so, and I hope you'll come back, man. I, I'd really like to really love to hear more about what's going on with you. Of course. Okay. We can do it again sometime. <laughs> What a sweet lady. You guys, make sure to get over to her website and, and uh, get your autographs. Get, you know, if, if you have something you want to send, send it. And she also has photographs and all kinds of different things that you can purchase. Check it out. we got a little bit of time left, so I figured we'll do one more creepy story for Halloween from Michelle. So, here we go. Hello, it's Michelle with Paranormal News. So, I found on winemag.com, which is a website for wine enthusiasts, An article about the five most haunted bars in the world. Number one is Shaker's Cigar Bar in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It says that it was built on a cemetery in 1894 and has had its fair share of paranormal experiences. And according to the bar's owner, the building was owned by Al Capone's crime syndicate in 1924. On the second and third floors, it served as a speakeasy and brothel. There was a woman named Molly Brennan who left home to work in the brothel and disappeared three years later. Some people believe that she never really left. The owner says that several psychics independently confirmed the spirit's name. Shortly after Shakers launched in 1986, the owner came to know Elizabeth who reportedly haunts the bathroom. Apparently, she was climbing for apples in 1835 in a stand of apple trees in the cemetery, which Shakers is built upon. She fell and broke her neck. They claim that they were, they met her in 1987 when two servers were able to coax her out of the bathroom. They made a circle with their arms. The owner put his hand in the middle of it and felt a blast of freezer. The servers explained that it was Elizabeth. Along with reported apparitions in mirrors, unexplained footsteps, and ghostly figures, Shakers also used to be the go-to spot of infamous serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. They say that he would order a gin and tonic, would not talk, no conversation, he would just drink his drink and stare or sneer at people. Next we have the Mermaid Inn in Rye, England. The Mermaid Inn proudly states that it's hosted travelers for 600 years. Throughout the history, they have served, the inn has served everything from a hideout for Catholic priests during the Reformation period in the the 1530s to a stage where William Shakespeare's theater troupe, Lord Chamberlain's Men, performed. But perhaps most notably, the inn was once the headquarters for the notorious Hawkehurst Gang, The gang, which according to NPR had about 600 members, was known for smuggling tea. If anyone was found to say things they shouldn't about the smugglers, they were sometimes nailed alive to their front doors. The inn's long history extends to the paranormal. 
several guests said that they saw a thin apparition of a woman wearing white or gray sitting by the fireplace in room one. Each of the guests reported that anything they left on the chair became soaking wet when she disappeared, even though there were no nearby windows or pipes. Arguably one of the strangest stories in 1993, English actress Kiki Kendrick and her husband stayed at the inn's Elizabethan Elizabethan chamber. They awoke at 4 a.m. to the sound of heavy breathing and knives clashing together. Reportedly, they saw two ghostly figures fighting. When the couple told the inn's bartender, he showed them a newspaper article from six months earlier that described the same exact spectacle. Next, we have John Cavanaugh or the Gravediggers in Dublin, Ireland. In 1832, the first person was laid to rest in Glasnevin Cemetery, Ireland's first non-denominational graveyard. A year later, John Cavanaugh was gifted a pub by his father-in-law, which shared a wall with the historic graveyard. According to the BBC, the pub soon became a popular spot for mourners on their way to or from funerals. But the bar started being called the Gravediggers a few decades back. My father Eugene took over the bar from my, gan my grandfather John in 1973, says Ciaran Kavanaugh, one of the pub's owners. A young crowd started to come in and they noticed a few gravediggers drinking here, so they started calling it the Gravediggers, so it became a popular name. If workers couldn't wait till the end of their shift for a pint, they would simply knock on the graveyard's gate nearest to the pub. My dad, grandfather, or barman would bring their drink and pass it through the railings to the grave diggers. Like the other bars on this list, the pub also has reportedly has some ghostly run-ins. Some claim to have seen a man dressed in tweed finishing a pint of Guinness at the bar before fading away. My dad, later in life, had paranormal investigators come to the pub after hours to do what they do. Sometimes they made contact, including one medium who drew a picture that my dad said looked like my late grandfather. I haven't seen or heard anything, but when it's closed, there is a feeling or sense of family history. Featured in Lonely Planet's guidebook, Secret Europe, 50 Truly Unforgettable Experiences to Inspire Your Next Trip in 2014, Grave Diggers is a perfect place to drop in for a pint and food. Bushwalker Brew Pub in Regina, Canada. After it received a liquor license in 1990, it opens its doors the next year. It's become a well-known spot to have a pint, enjoy daily specials, and possibly spot a ghost. Back in June 1912, Regina was hit by one of the country's worst ever recorded tornadoes. It killed 28 people and leveled buildings, which included one on a site where the pub now stands. According to CBC Canada, Grant Few, the pub's bar and marketing manager, says several psychic mediums have visited the pub and felt the presence of many ghosts. But there's one that the pub claims to know by name, James Strathdee. In 1914, he was hired to manage a warehouse built on the land where many people died in the tornado. In the 1930s, Strathdee was in a car accident. While he survived, he sustained head injuries, and according to the Brew Pub's website, he was never quite the same. His business partner soon tried to pressure him out of his position, and his wife wanted to move back to Scotland. He was said to have fallen into a deep depression and was found dead several months later. 
the official cause of death was suicide. The warehouse Stathdy once managed later became Bushwhacker, but many think he remained in the pub. One of the bar's managers believed she saw someone walk into Bushwhacker's room for private functions. She followed him to say that they couldn't go in there, but when she opened the door, no one was inside and the only exit was sealed shut. Michael Gates, the brew pub's head brewer, experienced possibly the most dramatic ghostly encounter. One day while on a break, he says he was pushed from behind so forcefully that he nearly fell. Later, he says he found a red mark on his back where he felt that he had been pushed. The Hero of Waterloo in Sydney, Australia In 1815, the Duke of Wellington led his troops to victory over Napoleon and Waterloo, Belgium to end the wars that raged for 23 years. The Duke had since been memorialized, memorialized, sorry, by the Hero of Waterloo, a hotel, bar, and restaurant located in Sydney that served customers since 1843. But the bar is believed to have a dark history. In 1793, Thomas Kirkman, an Irishman who was tried and sent to Australia for likely being an Irish rebel, according to Waterloo's website. He took over the Waterloo in 1845. The pub was a popular spot for whaling ships and merchants, but some men that went into this pub were never seen again. It's believed that under Kirkman, many times sailors were drugged and awoke in chains in the bar's basement. They were then smuggled out through a tunnel from the bar to the harbor, where they most likely were sold into slavery. Today, you can tour the bar cellar and see the chains and passageway. Kirkman also had a wife, Anne, who supposedly fell down the stairs in 1849. Many believe he pushed Anne, who broke her neck and died. She used to love to play the piano. It's said in the middle of the night, classical music will sometimes play from the bar's piano. When people investigate, no one is there, but the piano's lid has been left open. According to the site, they have reportedly also been instances where chairs have been found facing the fireplace, even though nobody has been inside since the previous evening. So if you've been to any of these bars... Please email me, tell me about your experience at michelle.deadzone at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a very happy Halloween. This is Sandy Johnson, and you're listening to The Dead Zone.
know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Hampton Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Hey, this is Lee. If you missed tonight's show or any other show, you can always check them out in the archives on the Para-X Radio Network, or you can go to our website and click on any of your favorite apps. This is the Dead Zone Paranormal Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.